0: and now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for It's the Trackstar Sports MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. A couple episodes back, we discussed how Yair Rodriguez was released from the UFC. At least that's what Dana White said. But after some mediation, he is back in the fold. And who will he be fighting? The same person he was being rumored to fight previously. Zabit Magomed Sharapoff. That's going to take place at UFC 228 in September. And everything seems to be okay. Now, Brett Akamoto broke news that Paige Van Zandt's fiancee Shot his shot to get on the Idaho car because, hey, who doesn't want to fight in Idaho, right? Boise, capital of potato country, right? Well, instead of getting that matchup, he's got his shot on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Now, speaking of Brett the Breaker, he also broke news that CM Punk won his civil suit against the WWE doctor, who was suing him for defamation because of something that he said on a podcast. And this was just days before, days before the fight, which will take place on Saturday. So, hey, kudos to him. I have heard some different reports about how uh, emotionally draining this was. Had he lost the suit, it would have been... Financially ruinous for him, so hey kudos to him congratulations. I know that's a huge weight off of his shoulder speaking of weight, the man was cutting weight while being there for the court proceedings and that's just crazy so who knows how all of this is going to turn out for him looking forward to seeing the fight that adds yet another wrinkle to um to the fight that will be taking place on Saturday's pay-per-view in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown. Now, Dana White has been busy this week on social media, and uh, also on podcasts. He was on Unfiltered and made a statement that shook up MMA Twitter, which For someone like myself who covers MMA, it's really encouraging to see because all of this came from a story written by Mike Bone of MMA fighting. He wrote a story, an investigative piece regarding weight cutting and the effect that early weight or I should say early weigh-ins have had as far as fights are concerned showed that twice as many fighters have fallen out due to bad weight cuts than before and Dana read it and said hey let's go back to the old system this is not working which isn't necessarily the case it is causing some issues and really causing issues for uh, the UFC because of their approach you know if you've been listening to the main card I have been one to talk about weight cutting quite a bit and it it, something needs to change obviously i don't know that moving it back to uh weighing in at four o'clock is it and definitely the fighters out there don't believe that that's the case uh but so like so many different things with fighters in the ufc changes are made and they have no say in it one thing that luke thomas said on the MMA beats this week which makes a lot of sense is that the fighters really have no dog in this fight and if they haven't done anything to work to uh, have some kind of collective bargaining then they're really just bumping their gums put your money where your mouth is do something so that you have leverage so that your voice can be heard uh, time will tell what happens with this but it definitely bears watching. Okay, let's talk about some fights that are being made. Both Kerry Melendez and Ed Ruth were announced for the 201 card, which is later this month for Bellator. It'll be Melendez's second MMA fight, and it will be Ruth's first fight at welterweight. He previously fought at middleweight. Last fight was a catchweight fight at what I believe was 175 pounds. But this one will be at welterweight, which is his new weight class. Again, uh, as far as fights being made in one, they announced that for their one championship 75 card that three fights are in the books. It's going down. Uh, Kevin Belling, yeah, Kevin, <laughs> uh, let's try this again, Kevin none. that's about as close as I'm going to get, he's going to be fighting Martin Inwin for the interim Bantamweight title, Inwin lost his bid to be one's three-weight division champion when he lost to Bibiano Fernandez not too long ago. Bibiano has a hurt ankle and will be out, which is why these two are fighting for the interim belt. Shinya Aoki will be back in action against Shannon Warachai. And probably the most notable fight on this card will be Henzo Gracie's last fight so Henzo's going to be taking on 42 two year old Yuki Kondo on this bout and it will be his swan song so as I've stated on a number of different occasions if you don't have the one app go get it it's free and you get to see the fights free of charge as they air Okay, moving on to some fights being made in the UFC. The Horn again, off again, rumored fight between lightweight contenders Justin Gagey and Al Iaquinta. Looks like it might be on again, although Al did tweet out fake news when he saw this come out. Uh, but Brett the Breaker is at it again and looks like Brett's name is going to be very, very prominent in MMA news especially with the UFC moving to ESPN at the beginning of next year he put out something saying that uh, in August in Lincoln, Nebraska for UFC Fight Night 135 that those two will be headlining now uh, whether or not that happens again remains to be seen but if Brett is breaking it I would have uh i I will believe that he's got a good reason for saying what he's saying, okay, last headline congrats to Misha Tate. She had what she called the fight of her life in bringing into the world baby amaya uh sixty seven hours of labor. Is what she said. Uh, Amaya's father said it was more like 72 hours. Either way it goes, that's a lot of time to be doing anything, much less being in pain trying to give birth. So, fortunately, uh, the mother and uh, child and father seem to be doing okay. And we here at Trackstar Sports, and specifically the MMA main card, want to say congrats. On the new edition. Fight fans, I got some boxing news for you this edition. Starting off with my man, Triple G. Now, no, I'm not talking about Gregor the Gift Gillespie. That's MMA. This is not MMA right now. We're talking about boxing. We're talking about Gennady Golovkin the IBF strips him of his title said he was taking too long to make a decision about fighting their number one contender. So they stripped him. on top of that golden boy walked away from negotiations with him for a proposed rematch with Canelo Alvarez to take place on September 15th. Uh, Triple G's team was asking for a 50-50 split. Canelo's team was like, no way. And they walked away. Hey, as far as Triple G's team is concerned, hey, I get it. Go after what you can get and get as much as you can get, especially with Canelo failing two drug tests last time. That definitely gives leverage, but they said, Triple G's team was unwilling to come off of the 50-50 split ask, and that's what caused things to fall apart. There are a lot of good fights going on this weekend in the world of boxing. On ESPN, Jeff Horn looks to prove that his victory over Manny Pacquiao wasn't a gimme as he takes on top three powerful pound fighter Terrence Bud Crawford. Both combatants are undefeated entering the ring on Saturday and Horn for him this will be his first fight outside of Asia Pacific if he hasn't fought in his home country of Australia it's been in New Zealand but this time it takes place in Vegas and Crawford is heavily favored to win this fight when you look at their pedigrees and the people that they face, it makes sense. Uh, Again, Horn wants to show, Hey, this wasn't a gimme. Uh, I beat Pacquiao and I can beat Crawford and Crawford is looking to show his dominance within the division. That's on ESPN on Showtime. You've got Abner Maris, who's looking for redemption in a rematch with Leo Santa Cruz for the super featherweight title. Santa Cruz took a majority decision in their first matchup back in 2015. Also, you got Jamel Charlo, who's looking to stay undefeated as he has the highest profile fight in his career versus Austin Trout. No doubt, Trout, once held the WBA's version of the strap that they're fighting for on Saturday night and has had the more notable competition. Uh, So look for Charlo to get a true test in this fight. Tuesday, June 12th is the return of Dana White's contender series. Being headlined By Alonzo Minifield, who's six and zero. He debuted back with Bellator in 2015, so he's got some big show experience. Uh, Again, with that being his debut, and he's from Texas. Took place in Thackerville, Oklahoma. It was one of the many local fighters that Bellator will use to start off their card. Uh, But he's six and zero in his. MMA campaign, and he'll be taking on 3-0, Deshaun, Buck, Bowright. Now, Alonzo is also a Dana White Contender Series alum. He hopes to make the cut this time and get into the UFC. Uh, both fighters are known for KOs, so expect an explosive main event. Also, you've got on this card, Chris Action Man Curtis at 18-5, and five, taking on 7-2, Sean Lally. This will be contested at welterweight. Curtis has faced some notable fighters, such as UFC vets Bilal Muhammad, Nishan Burrell, and Tom Galicchio. The fight that's getting the most attention on Dana White's contender series, not only for the very first card that they've got this season but probably for the season as a whole is Greg Hardy who's making his professional debut versus Austin Lane Lane fought on the Florida regional circuit for a while and Hardy known for being hard hitting in the NFL trains in South Florida's or I should say at South Florida's ATT which is renowned for being one of the top MMA gyms in the world. Rico Desculi out of Peabody, Massachusetts, and training out of City Dong at 9 and 1, will be taking on 2 and 1. Montel Quit Jackson out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This fight will be contested at Bantamweight. And then opening things up, you got 11 and 3. Kevin Holland, who has a win over f- current UFC fighters and Dana White Contender Series alone, Jeff Neal. Holland will be taking on Will Santiago Jr., who's got a 9-4 record. When I was going through, looking over this, I was like, Will Santiago, Will Santiago, that name is really familiar to me. Well, the reason it was familiar is because he has fought every welterweight that's on this card uh he's out of jackson wink and yeah like i said he's fought everyone he's fought uh fought uh chris action man curtis shine lally and now he's fighting kevin holland if you don't have fight pass you might want to use your seven day free trial to check this out UFC 225 is taking place in the Windy City at the house that Jordan built, the United Center. This pay-per-view main card is, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. you got at the top of the card, Robert the Reaper Whitaker or more affectionately known as Bobby Knuckles taking on Yoel the soldier of God Romero not only is this a rematch but it's also the last fight that Whitaker had a staff infection kept him out of a fight in February where he was supposed to take on former champ Luke Rockhold in his native Asia Pacific unfortunately He could not make that fight. Um, His daughter was born during that time, so uh, there was something uh, beneficial about not being in camp and not trying to fight at that time because he was able to be there for the birth of his daughter. Uh, But it also puts him back into an immediate rematch with the person that he beat to win the interim belt, which then turned into the full-fledged belt after GSP vacated the championship only about 30 days after picking it up. Romero he switched up his training and is learning how to fight and burst so that he can conserve his energy. That was the greatest factor in the first fight as the soldier of God's gas tank kept him from performing at his best. It was really two rounds to two going into the fifth and Romero just could not summon enough energy to be offensive enough to win the fight last time so uh with those changes being made it's going to be very interesting to see how this one turns out the co-main event has probably more heat on it than any other fight on this card and when i say this card is stacked I said the main card was stacked. The whole card is stacked, but we'll get to that piece a bit later. Anyway, former lightweight champion RDA Rafael Dos Anjos will be taking on Colby Chaos Covington. And Covington has lived up to his Chaos moniker by upsetting millions of people giving away spoilers to blockbuster films. Not only that, but he's alienated the country of Brazil so much so that people at ATT where he trains that are Brazilian won't train with him anymore because of the disparaging things that he said about them. Now, if you have seen Kobe Covington, you know that much of this is an act. And not only is it an act, it's a bad act. I mean, he comes off as being really disingenuine with the things he's saying. Are they inflammatory? Yes. Are they enough to get you to want to pay attention to him fight? Absolutely. Uh, But they come off as very inauthentic to me. RDA, he's looking to become the first Brazilian to hold a belt at two different weight classes in the UFC. Kobe's game plan is simple. Get the fight to the ground and keep punching you until the fight is over. RDA has had mixed success against wrestlers in recent history. He knocked out Ben Henderson in the first round, but then he got knocked out by Eddie Alvarez in the first round. I'm sure that Kobe will look to implement the same game plan that Khabib Nurmagomedov did when he had over 20 takedowns in his fight against RDA. RDA has some Chris striking, but does he have enough power, especially at 170 pounds, to keep Covington off of him? The Voices marquee matchup for the main card has former Bantamweight champion Holly the Preacher's daughter Home taking on Megan Anderson. Home is winless at 145 pounds in the UFC, but she has also not fought at 145 pounds for a three round fight all of her fights at 145 have been for the championship lost the inaugural championship fight and then lost against Cyborg back in February I believe this time just like in her last fight with Cyborg she's facing a true true featherweight as Megan Anderson is making her debut in the UFC, and she's the former Invicta 145-pound champion. Anderson was originally brought in a face sideboard, but some legal troubles kept that from taking place and have kept her on the sidelines for nearly 18 months. Anderson is bringing a lot of uh, of attention and not just attention but experience into this fight matter of fact a four fight KO streak and she's looking to add another notch to her belt in the person of the former bantamweight champion there's no doubt that the winner of this fight will take on Cyborg in their next match if Megan wins it's the highest profile victory in her career and on the biggest stage, if Holmes wins, it returns her to prominence and proves to the world that she has what it takes at featherweight. The stakes are extremely high, and that's the reason this is the Mar- Voices Marquee matchup. Also, on the main card, you have a heavyweight showdown between Andre the Pitbull, Arlovsky and tied to a Vasa. Arlowski lives in Chicago, so expect him to get a double bump when it comes to crowd support. You know that recently, at the end of April, Bellator was in Chicago and Fedor got much, much, much love from the people of Chicago because uh, there is a large Eastern European and specifically Russian community that comes out to support fights in Chicago Uh, being a native of Belarus Arlovsky should have that same rub Tatu Ivasa is a Mark Hunt protege and not only is Bam Bam undefeated but he's gained every single one of his victories by way of knockout taking a page out of the Super Samoans playbook he looks to put the former heavyweight champ on the train to Sleepy Town. Arlovsky's greatest weapon in this fight is his experience. If he can find a way to weather the storm and take Bam Bam into deep waters, he may be able to stop the shooey drinking hype train that is tie Bam Bam to Avasa. The curtain jerker for this fight is... CM Punk that's right Phil Brooks versus Mike Jackson talked about in the headlines how uh, Mr. Brooks has had his fight already this week or had one of his fights already this week in the courtroom and now he's looking to fight in the octagon as with Punk's first fight this match is shrouded in mystery for two years, CM Punk has been traveling to Rufus Sport to train. No one knows the gains that have been made during this time because he's not been doing media. Unlike his first matchup, this one will be against a striker. Jackson lost his UFC debut uh, as well as CM Punk did. And they both lost to the same person, Mickey Gall, who is a jujitsu. jitsu specialist and if you didn't see the first fight God took uh, CM Punk down immediately and tapped him out uh, as far as his fight with Jackson pretty much looked the same way got him to the ground and tapped him out the greatest difference in this fight uh, between those other two fights is the experience level Uh, Jackson has a kickboxing background that he brings to things uh, and he's had many of those. Punk trained jiu-jitsu before entering the UFC but admittedly was a white belt and I don't know if what he's been doing over the past two years is enough to nullify, nullify the truth striking pedigree. As far as the prelims are concerned I would normally give you the voices marking matchup for the prelims and keep it pushing from there but as I stated from the onset of this section this fight card is stacked so I'm going to say a little bit of something about every single card you got starting off or I should say the Fox Sports 1 feature prelim fight Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blades outside of Alassa Nganu, Blades has been undefeated in the UFC. We know Overeem has fought for the title. It's had a lot of hype uh, on him has fought in K1 has done uh, has fought in Strike Force uh has fought in Pride. I mean, he's fought all over the place. Yeah, this should be a great great fight. Uh, standing over him has the advantage if it goes to the ground look to, for blades to get the victory Ricardo Lamas is coming back to fight for the first time since December of 2016 and he's taking on Merced Bectic to KO got Afredo Pepe in January after his comeback of the year loss to Surgeon Darren the Damaged Elkins Lamas is a Chicago native and he's looking to rebound after his loss to Josh Emmy. a win keeps Lamas in the top 10 and ahead of the hungry young lions on the prowl at 145 including Mursad Bekti. I was going to make this next matchup the voices marking matchup. But yeah, I, it's so many great fights, it felt like it deserves to do so. But Claudia Godelia is taking on former champion Carla Esparza. Gadelia has only lost to two people in the UFC being former champion Joanna Jentlechek, who looked unstoppable when she beat Gadelia. And um I forget the young lady's name. It's escaping me. Uh Andraj. Jessica Andrage, who's fighting at uh Flyweight. I'm not saying not Flyweight. She's fighting at Strawweight now and dropped down from Bantamweight to do so. Uh she was just too strong for Gadelia, who's normally the stronger fighter in the ring. Or I should say in the cage, but she just could not keep up with the strength that Andrade had over her. Carla Esparza is strong too. I don't know if she's as strong as gadelia uh, but she's got a great, great wrestling pedigree. Uh, and she's lost though to wrestlers or people who have been very, very active in the striking department. She lost her belt to Jens and then she lost to Randa Marcos, who was able to uh, to be victorious as well so if this stays on the feet Gedalia's striking should give her the advantage if it goes to the ground obviously Esparza's wrestling should give her the advantage but Gedalia's got some good jiu-jitsu as well uh, so we'll have to wait until the pin drops the cage door locks thumbs go up and they start the clock Rashad Culture is also going to be on this card taking on Charles De La Rocha. And that is the curtain jerker for the Fox Sports 1 prelims on Fight Pass? Fight Pass! Now, I told you uh, not too long ago, I should say in the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series section, that if you don't have Fight Pass, you need to use your seven day free trial this week. And if for no other reason, you need to have it for the prelims on Fight Pass because they are ridiculous. You got Rashad Evans, the Chicago native, the former tough champion, the former light heavyweight champion taking on Anthony Smith. Now, Smith said in an interview with Karen Bryant that Evans was someone he really looked up to in MMA, and he's upset about all this talk that Evans has been given, saying, you know, I might be washed up, I might be, you know, out of it, I don't know, you know, it may be time for me to retire, and really looking at his fights, that that all bears, uh, it bears watching because he just really has been gun shy since getting knocked out by glover to share he has not been able to pull the trigger and and just been doing a lot of standing around but anthony smith wants the old rashad the rashad that comes in to take you down and to take your head off the rashad that uh, won the ultimate fighter at heavyweight and has fought as low as middleweight that's the Rashad that he's looking to take on and that he hopes shows up for a fight in his home city you have number one number one flyweight in the world Joseph Benavidez, on fight pass which he's not very happy about but he has been out for well over a year and hasn't fought. So, and with all these fights on the card, I see how this one ended up on fight pass. Anyway, he's taking on Sergio Pettis. Sergio Pettis, who'll definitely get some regional love because he is uh, fighting out of Milwaukee and Pettis hopes to catch a Rusty Joe B. Who, like I said, has not fought since December of 2016. And it's the first time that he's fighting without Team Alpha Male in his corner. But you can't sleep on Joe B. There's a reason why he is still ranked number one in the world at flyweight. And that's because he has only lost in this division two. The champion, Demetrius Johnson. Okay. Clay Guida, the carpenter. Also, another Chicago native. He was supposed to fight uh, Bobby King Green, which would have been phenomenal. Green uh, got hurt. He can't fight. In steps, Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Are you kidding me? You you got to be kidding me, right? Clay Guida and Charles Oliveira. Oh man, Guida doesn't have any other motor but high and forward. And that's what he's going to be doing in the fight. DuBronx is known for his jujitsu savvy. Oh man, this is going to be a phenomenal fight. Opening things up, you got yet another person with ties to the land of lincoln mike santiago who's from wooddale illinois who'll be taking on dan Ige. both of these are dana white contender series alum and both are looking for their first win in the ufc it's highly likely that the losing fighter will also lose their spot with the industry leader to keep up with track start sports like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's very important, fight fans, that you do these things because I will be providing live coverage of UFC 225 on Saturday, June the 9th. So, if you want that coverage coming at you live and direct, you need to follow us on these platforms. New content gets released all the time by Trackstar Sports on Anchor.fm. If you are an Android user, the easiest way to hear Trackstar Sports and all of your favorite podcasts is by downloading Podcast Republic. Once there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports and new episodes will be ready for your listening pleasure for iOS users you can do the same thing via Apple Podcasts. if you want to get into some lively debates about sports then join the debate fuel Facebook group and you can talk to your favorite correspondents as well as the over 1500 people in this group and debate Fuel is the name of our flagship show, which is broadcast live on Periscope at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. You can catch replays of it there or wherever you listen to Trackstar Sports. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.